You're listening to Storytime for Travellers, where adventurers share their craziest travel moments. My guest on this episode is one of the most exceptional travellers that I've ever had the pleasure of chatting to. Eric Larson is a polar explorer who's completed more North and South Pole expeditions than any American in history. With 20 years of experience navigating some of the most extreme, dangerous and isolated environments on our planet, his stories are truly astonishing. In 2006, he completed the first ever summer expedition to the North Pole. And in 2010, Eric earned a Guinness World Record for doing expeditions to the North Pole, South Pole and summiting Mount Everest all in only one year. In his book, On Thin Ice, an epic final quest into the melting Arctic, Eric documents his experience with fellow explorer Ryan Waters, on a two-month completely unsupported expedition in 2014 to the geographic North Pole. This trip is most likely the last ever expedition of its kind due to global warming. In our conversation, Eric seems like such a normal down-to-earth guy. You can even hear his lovely daughter in the background of our Skype call. It's hard to even contemplate all of the crazy, amazing things that he's done in his life and the parts of our planet that he's explored and survived in. There are so few people on our Earth who can say that they've seen the things that this man has seen. It completely blows my mind. Another fun fact about Eric is that his no-shower record stands at 72 days. Pretty impressive. In our conversation, we chat global warming, dealing with intense cold, both physically and mentally, and coming face to face with polar bears. I hope you guys enjoy our chat as much as I did. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to chat to you. I think when it comes to travel stories, your stories are pretty exceptional. I mean, you've traveled to places that hardly anyone's ever visited and places that people are probably never going to go again so <laughs> you're the perfect story time for travelers guest well i've spent literally the years of my life on expeditions i mean i've probably spent a year of my life camping in antarctica nearly a year in the arctic ocean you know i think all told probably four years of my life just in a tent somewhere cold and icy so, you know, within all that time, picking out specific moments is always a little difficult. But um, that said, I, I think my biggest takeaway from all this is just that I feel lucky to be able to experience these places um, in this unique way, in this kind of human power uh, style of travel, um, which is so kind of con um, counter to, to uh, our society right now. Now, I've heard a lot of kind of interviews with you talking about in your 2014 trip to the North Pole, talking about your ex encounter with polar bears, which just sounds terrifying and insane. And it's one of those things that stories that people just wouldn't believe because it's so extraordinary. Um, could you tell us that story? Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of different encounters with polar bears over the years. Um, 
quite honestly, my goal is to, to, to never see a polar bear while I'm on an expedition. Um, you know, those animals are so perfectly adapted to live and survive in that really harsh environment that you feel um, kind of constantly on edge. Um, you know, oftentimes we forget that they're around, but they're there. And, you know, every once in a while we'll come across as a footprint or, um, you know, something like that. And you'll kind of be just kind of shoved back into reality. Like, you know, that you're not the top of the food chain, but uh, in 2014 and we had started on an expedition uh, to the North pole and right within the first couple of days we saw ran across some polar bear tracks and didn't really think much about it as we were headed kind of out onto the Arctic ocean proper. And, um, a few days into the trip, uh, we were pulling our sleds and the sleds were so heavy that we couldn't really pull them individually. And so we would both of us hook up our kind of harnesses to one sled and then pull it forward and then, uh, snowshoe back and get the second sled. And so we were pulling and it's, it's very windy and loud and, and the snow is very squeaky and you don't really hear a lot of stuff. And I kind of leaned, uh, leaned over my shoulder and just yelled out to my partner, let's stop right up here. And as I turned around, there were two polar bears that were just walking straight towards us that had been following in our tracks for the past couple hundred meters. Um, and so it was definitely like, uh, surprising. I think that was my first reaction was that I was very surprised because I didn't, wasn't expecting to see polar bears behind us. And I re right away kind of dropped my ski poles and reached down and into my pocket and pulled out a, a small little pencil flare that we carry and, you know, really focused on trying to thread the charge onto the launcher, which is this kind of little plastic thing that, that can very easily get cross threaded. And so I did that and shot the flare off and, and the bears kept coming. And then my partner, Ryan, he shot off another flare and they kept coming. And luckily, um, I just happened to have our gun and we, we carried one gun between the two of us. And I just happened to have a gun, um, in our sled, in my, in the sled that we were pulling. And so I was able to get that gun out and then fire off around, which is a much louder cracker shell, bear scare shell. And that managed to scare the bears away. And how did you feel when they ran away and you realized that you were okay and you had made it through that situation? I mean, I got to be honest, like, you just don't really think about it too much. I, Like I said, I've had a lot of encounters with polar bears, so it's not like it was my first time of, of seeing one that, that close. And so I think you just kind of try to put it out of your mind as best as possible and, and keep moving forward because if you start thinking about the what ifs or what might have happened, you kind of can become kind of paralyzed by fear. And so I, I think the big thing is just, okay, that happened, move on, don't think about it again. Yeah, and talking of scary moments in your trips, were there any other moments when you were like, I'm, we don't know if we're going to make it? Any really, really big challenges that you faced along the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had uh, just like so many of those challenges and kind of fears and, and problems in my trips. And one of the things you have to put it in a little bit of context in the sense that we're doing expeditions that are, they're so far off the normal routes that most of the time rescue is not possible. So you have to understand that it's not like you can just call 911 and have someone pick you up. You can't call your mom and have, have her help you out. 
um, you know, you're out there alone. And so much of the time we're heading into these areas that if something does go wrong, we're done. Um, and not only that, we're, we're dealing with these situations as well where we don't have a lot of, you know, our margins for safety are pretty small. So we're, we're um, traveling in a very narrow margin of safety and it doesn't take much to tip the scales one way or the other. So in, in that context, there's this overall stress that you feel as you head into unknown terrain because there's so much uncertainty, there's so much um, um, unknown and that builds a lot of fear in you uh, and you really have to manage that well. And then you have these situations where you might fall through thin ice or um, you know, in the mountains where we might be in an avalanche or just not be able to find a route or um, you know, be stuck in a whiteout where we can't see anything or stuck in our tent where there's just a brutal storm or having to dig out our tent, you know, like in Greenland this past um, spring where we were in such a brutal storm that every hour for 24 hours we would have to get out of the tent and just dig it out so we didn't get buried alive. So I feel like those situations, while they're not constant, uh, they happen very frequently. And how does that affect you mentally? Because you're constantly battling these insanely harsh conditions and you have to kind of keep your spirits up to be able to deal with them. So how did you navigate the kind of mental side of the challenge? Yeah, I've often said that the mental aspects of these big adventures are almost more difficult than the physical challenges, although the physical challenges are pretty formidable as well. Um, but I think it's it's a lot of different things. Part of it is experience and training. You know, we go into these expeditions um, having done a lot of these things prior um, and, and in our training trying to mimic a lot of these situations. I think the other thing is, you know, this kind of constant uncertainty is almost better than going from like safety to uncertainty. So you're just kind of in this uh, constant state of hyper awareness. Um, and then I think the last part is, is we just kind of take it one step at a time. You know, we just get through that hour or till the half of the day or till the end of the day. And so you kind of take all those big overwhelming challenges and break them up into small pieces. And what about physically? Because the environment that you're in is so cold that I don't think it probably most people listening can't even imagine how cold the environment is. And you're trekking and, and skiing and swimming for so long, such a long period of time. How do you deal with the cold? Yeah, the cold is, I think dealing with the cold is more of a knowledge-based thing. Surprisingly, when we're moving those heavy loads in that environment, at 40 or 50 below, we're more concerned about getting too warm than too cold uh, so that we don't sweat and that sweat freezes. Um, and so it's just this constant monitoring of our body, of what the conditions are doing and adjusting. We're not racing along like a sprinter. We kind of have this thing, this pace that I call the polar plod. And so we're just trying to maintain this steady equilibrium. Um, and, and like I said, like we don't want to get too hot. Realistically, we're not wearing a lot of clothes, just a couple of base layers, two or three base layers and an outer shell. Um, but then when we stop, we get very cold. So we put on a big down jacket. Um, so it's, it's, definitely kind of being aware of yourself, the environment. I kind of call this travel has a high degree of what I call thoughtfulness to it, 
which is which is kind of what I was describing this self-awareness and awareness of your environment yeah and that trip that you're talking about the one in 2014 you've called it the last north because you think it's probably the last ever time that explorers will be able to feasibly make that journey because of global warming and and climate change and the ice melting in the arctic so have can you tell us a little bit about how the ice is changing and how global warming is affecting the area yeah i mean people will still be able to get to the north pole but not on a full-length expedition from land in this humor human powered style um that said, I've probably got more first-hand experience on the Arctic Ocean sea ice than anybody alive today. You know, my first expedition in the Arctic Ocean was in 2005. I was just up there last year again. Um, you know, it's almost 15 years of time. And just the character and the nature of the sea ice is dramatically different than it used to be, um, as well as the, the freeze-ups are coming later, the thaws are coming earlier. Um, you see just kind of thinner ice in general and ice that's much more fractured than it used to be because the ice is thinner so what's it like trying to get across that really thin ice uh yeah it's it's dangerous to get across thin ice it's um you know again one of these things that you can't think too much about because it will be debilitating um and each kind of situation is different that's one of the things that i really like about the arctic ocean environment and the North Pole expedition in general is that it's a very unique place to travel because the surface is constantly changing. Um, minute by minute, day by day, year by year, you know, no two kind of North Pole Arctic Ocean treks are the same. Um, so that that's kind of what makes it unique and, and challenging as well. Yeah, and you have probably more experience than anyone ever with these Arctic, um, Arctic expeditions. So in all of your trips that you've done, is there kind of one thing that you're most proud that you've achieved? You know, for me, um, I think the physical reaching the goal is kind of arbitrary, quite honestly. Um, I think the process of learning and becoming an expert in this style of travel is probably one of my most fulfilling things um, that I've done, as well as just kind of my overall um, educational focus with my expedition, which is trying to bring more awareness to these places and, and how they're changing and how they're unique. And on um, this podcast, we ask all of our guests to tell us about a pinch me moment. So this isn't a big thing that you've done. It's a tiny kind of split second moment where you just look around and think, wow, I'm here. Is there a moment that stands out in your mind as a, as a pinch me moment? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have those almost every day, quite honestly. Um, you know, I was in Antarctica this past winter, and I spent three weeks on an expedition completely by myself without seeing any other people. Um, and so to spend day after day and, and to look around and know that you're that only person there in that huge environment, um, that's pretty incredible. And I feel like I've had the same experience in the Arctic Ocean or in the mountains is just being so removed from other human beings that it seems like you're on another planet. It's a pretty incredible experience in that moment. That's amazing. And I can't even contemplate that level of isolation and being completely by yourself in the middle of nowhere. That must just be the most amazing feeling and having that, that space to think. 
So let's talk about your world record. You're the first person ever to visit the North Pole, South Pole and Summit Mount Everest in one year, which is amazing. <laughs> um, how did you... How did you manage to do that? No one else has done that before. How how did you prepare to do that? Yeah, so, um, you know, again, part of what I'm trying to do is push what I call the leading edge of, of adventure. And we're not necessarily discovering new places, um, but we're trying to push our physical limits in those places. And so, um, you know, the my example of that was that particular trip, which is trying to go to the North Pole, South Pole, and Everest in a time frame which hadn't previously been thought. And so, you know, each one of those expeditions is difficult and challenging, but trying to do all of those within a year poses a lot of logistical uh, challenges as well as just overall expedition challenges. And so that was part of my goal with that trip, as well as just trying to kind of continue my efforts of advocating for what I call last great frozen wildernesses on the planet, trying to put a human face on these places, these iconical places that most people don't really know a lot about. And that's what really stood out for me in your story is, although you're not kind of exploring new places, the fact that you maybe visited, well, did your North Pole trip for the last time and that by documenting it and by videoing it, you're recording a piece of history I just think that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, in one sense, it, these trips in these cold places are explorate, true exploration because realistically we're discovering these places as they are right now, which is very different from how they've been in the past. Um, and, I, and I do think that's important because as they change, we need to be able to set up a baseline to understand, you know, the extent of their the changes that are occurring and and the rate at which those are occurring as well. Yeah. So the the melting of the poles and of the Arctic ice. Um, do you think that's from what you've seen from actually going there and and over periods of time? Do you think that's much more of an urgent crisis than governments are are making it out to be? Yeah. I mean, there's the, the you know our this is an issue that we need to act on now. I mean, there's a lot of pro problems that plague our society and uh, as a culture, um, we need to be mindful of all those things. But like I said, um, you know, the quality in, of our environment is directly connected to the quality of our lives. And so we need to um, act now, you know, like we don't have the time uh, to really delay. And so our government needs to take the lead, or all of our governments need to take the lead, and especially as an American, our government definitely needs to uh, up its efforts. And then as individuals, we need to make change as well. You know, it needs to be a, a top up and bottom down thing. Yeah, and it did, did it shock you seeing this change for yourself, like the first time you visited um, the North Pole, say, to, to the last time you visited, did it shock you seeing the difference? Um, I mean, it's a subtle change, but it's still dramatic. And so for me, you know, kind of being in these discussions all the time, I'm aware of what's happening. But each year it is surprising to see the extent of what's happening, the rate uh, of the change. So, yes, definitely. Yeah, I've seen some statistics recently that just blow my mind at how quickly it's melting and how dangerous that will be for the environment. So it's definitely shocking. And what's next for you? Have you got any other big trips planned? 
Uh, yeah, always planning big trips. I'll be in the Himalayas in the fall, um, and I also do some guiding and, and training courses, so I am heading back up to the Arctic in just a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing some of your amazing stories. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Eric. It really made me think about the effect of global warming on the Arctic. Eric is one of the few people who has got to see this firsthand. And I think it's great how he's raising awareness of what he called in our chat, the last great frozen wildernesses on our planet. If you'd like to follow Eric, you can find him on Instagram at elexplore. There are some incredible photos of him trekking through the ice on there, so definitely check it out. He's also worked on some documentaries, which I'll link in the notes, and you can read more about him on his website, ericlarsonexplore.com, and in his book, which is called On Thin Ice, An Epic Final Quest into the Melting Arctic. Don't forget to follow Storytime for Travellers on Instagram, where we're sharing some extra bits about our guests and loads more. We would also love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so get in touch. Storytime for Travellers is still super new, so we're so happy that you're listening. And we'd love it if you could spread the word and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. I can't wait to chat to you again in a week on the next episode where I will be chatting to another awesome adventurer. 